Welcome to Two Bears Podcast. We chat about interests, health, our week, and we quite like a conspiracy too. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Spotify. <laughs> Hello! We're back. It's me, Phil, and... It's me, Trev, with a very professional microphone set up. <laughs> I know, you look you look the biz. Uh, it feels, yeah, it feels odd. Like, I'm not, so for, because obviously this is auditory, uh, yeah, I'm not holding my microphone. It's coming off. I don't like it. <laughs> I didn't ask somebody else to hold it. Like, I prefer to feel like I'm a rock star rather than, uh, I don't know what that is. It's all very professional. It is. It's, it's like professional for us. It's, it's something, um, what's his face, Stephen Fry would have while doing an audio book so he yes. could read at the same time. Hello. Well, during Harry Potter. Exactly. Well, I've bought this to record audiobooks but I've said to you before and I'll say it again the actual reality of recording audiobooks is very different to the thought the thought is like god you need to do audiobooks man because they're you know it's a good way of you know getting your book out there and sit like it's out it's that uh, weeks man weeks so um, yeah I've been invited into a studio to do it and I was like mm. did Tim's because I saw is that the Tim that you were telling me about Tim yeah Tim who said that he does that sort of stuff I was like, yeah, I got quite excited about it when I read that. I was like, Whoo! really? What would yeah. you do? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he would do it, and his his vocal sounds, as you well know, are, are amazing. Um, but um, I don't know, man. Would it be worse to have to go to a place every day? That really is work, isn't it? Whereas yeah. at least if you're doing it in your house, it's like. But yeah, no, he does loads of cool stuff. Technical finger, I'll give him a shout out because actually, um, it's it's quite possible. It's not even quite possible. He will be on this series. Um, so we're recording him next week. Good, because I've got questions for him. Have I, you? I, That's yeah. good. Well, I hope yeah. you can make it. I mean, that'd be sick because he's. I don't want him to panic if he's listening to this. <laughs> he's going. What's he going to ask me? Yeah. How no, many times have you ever? <laughs> But he's no. I mean, the thing is, he is a um, so technical finger. If you don't know, have a little listen on Spotify. He's an artist, and he's married to Sophia Stutchbury, who is uh, a popular singer in Folkestone, and she's got a lovely voice. And so he's like really, really dancey and techno-y. He's probably going to grill me because it's probably not techno. It's probably something more intricate, <laughs> and I've got it wrong. But I'll let him tell it tell it next week. But um, yeah, he does all that sort of st- like mu- type of music. But he's also a musical. Producer, but he's got this sort of beautiful, sort of authentic eccentricity to his work that makes it so unique. And what I mean by that is, like, you know, when like you're working on something and someone goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that's great, that's great," and you're like, oh, "Okay." And if I send something to him and I think, like, oh, God, I'm not sure about this. It'll be like eight paragraphs of of Tim really <laughs> like going through it to the point where um you you can tell he just loves music and the creation of it and it's kind of yeah like just a real art form and yeah he's going to be talking about what he does so producing technical finger and i want to talk about my new track which he's produced which is outrageously good he sent me the final version of it yesterday and it's now been uploaded to spotify so that'll be out on the 26th of february which is and it's called birds of paradise fantastic and i am i've never released music yet and been excited by what's going to happen with this track i'm just firmly of the belief that it couldn't be much better like do you know what I mean? The quality of it. Yep. And I'm so happy with it. So, yeah. So, we'll probably play a bit of that next week and talk, talk a bit of 
jive around that and future plans and stuff. Because you and me have got future plans for music, Phil, haven't we? Yeah, we have. When we have. when they make 27 hours in a day, we're going to get right <laughs> yeah. on that, aren't we? Um, 27 hours and no COVID, so yeah. we can actually be in the same room, same studio, yeah. jotting stuff down, yeah. that'd be perfect. It's been interesting, right, because I was listening to a podcast with Jimmy Carr, who said he's really interesting, like really wise about stuff. Like he was saying how... Like tax. <laughs> I mean, he knows about money. Yeah, quite right. Good one there, mate. Good one. But he, um, yeah, no, I mean, like other stuff as well. Yeah, <laughs> he was going on about. Um, so what was he saying? He was saying now that, um, that yeah, that like the reason why, because I don't know about you, I, I find I can't find anything that I really enjoy on TV these days because, and he's saying that's why people really enjoy those Scandi docu like crime thrillery type things because. Your brain's not used to focusing on one thing anymore. Because of screens and stuff, you just cannot focus on... Like, 30 years ago, people could go to the cinema, watch it with their popcorn, and be exhilarated and that. But nowadays, most people are like, you're watching something on telly, and then you're like, right, well, I better check on BBC News what's going on with the COVID situation, or I'm going to check the football scores, or I'm going to whatever it is on your, you know. So you're constantly being stimulated by more than one thing, which means that over time our focus is worn down to the point where you can't actually focus on one thing. So getting back to the point, things like the Scandi dramas, which have got the uh, the what you call it subtitles, you're focusing so heavily on the subtitles, you actually don't pick up your phone and don't do all that, that you're actually focusing on that. So you actually tend to get right into it and enjoy it more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I thought that was really interesting. I, we, we've been watching um, Lord of the Rings with my daughter, who's 11, and um, I know it's 12. But yeah, I think um, we've fast-forwarded all the horrible Uruk high bits. But um, yeah, it's good because that's the sort of thing where you're totally immersed, aren't you? Like, yep. And I feel like... That's been nice, but I don't find that much recently, you know, with stuff. I don't know about you. No, I'm struggling. But go going back to what you were saying about doing two or three things at once, only this week on Tuesday when I was working from home, I've got a headphone in this year where I'm talking to somebody on the phone. This year I'm listening to YouTube because I've got to send some um, outdoor activities to one of the schools that I'm trying to help, but I can't go in there to see them because of the whole COVID thing. So I've literally got one ear doing one thing one ear doing another thing while i'm typing out an email to somebody else i was just like this is crazy it is crazy the focus it would be so much better if i actually kind of did the phone call then i did the youtube then i did the email it would i probably would have not made any mistakes and i'd have done what i needed to. so you're absolutely right you do lose that kind of narrow minded yeah focus isn't focus. it it's being yeah. able to sort of um yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I I I I think it's a struggle now, isn't it? And I think it's something we need to address as um, yeah, it's a nation really, or as uh, you know, it's f philosophy wise. I'm not sure we've got it quite right, you know, at the moment. And I think that you know, getting back to and I know people say, yeah, man, I have no screen time. But are you really having no screen time because you're yep. thinking about I need to check my phone? Yeah, or whatever. And I, I don't know. I, I'm certainly after the week I've had, Phil. I'm going to be thinking a little bit more about, um, yeah, really actually doing something about phone use and having like outdoor time. Then, if you saw today, the government are talking about um, putting outdoor like play time, if you like, into the curriculum. So it's compulsory. I haven't seen that, but that is news to my ears. Yeah, Absolutely, well, is. it would be because you know. Yeah, you've been talking about stuff like this. This is your vibe, isn't it? Completely. Yeah. That like being in the outdoors and being more simple in lifestyle brings about a greater sense of well-being. Yep. Do you know, I was listening to the Forest School podcast um, about two weeks ago 
and they were talking about the lack of wide games happening. And I was like, well, I've never heard the expression wide games. And it's things that we used to play as kids that kids aren't allowed to play anymore, like British Bulldog. Yeah. We used to play those games, and yes, you get accidents from them. Yes, you have things that happen. But actually, kids don't play those sorts of games anymore. No, no. And they were saying that they really actively encourage those sorts of games. They say to the kids, make a game up. Let's do so it doesn't need to be British Bulldog. It doesn't need to be hide and seek. But And, and it kind of got me thinking that when I'm outdoors with kids, when it kind of gets to a point where they've finished their activity or they've had their hot chocolate or they've put the wood on the fire... Th- their go-to game is hide-and-seek. We play hide-and-seek. Bless them. They don't know how difficult it is to hide something this yeah. big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. that's the game they go to. They always want to do it. You know, it's um, And I've kind of started to introduce other things. I've got some little kind of those hard plastic toys. And I thought, rather than throwing them away when my kids outgrow them, I'm going to keep them and use them in the forest school. So I hide the crocodile or I hide the tiger mm. somewhere in the area and their job is to go and find it. So it becomes a bit like, you know, am I warmer? Am I yeah, colder? Yeah. That sort of, so you know, And it's really, really important learning. It's those instructional type things. It's them getting involved. And then when they become the, you know, is it hotter? Is it colder? Or I'm going to look for it. They've hidden it sort of thing. And they're, it's just brilliant to see yeah. how they love the fact that they've got control of me. Yeah, it's just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. it's roll with us, so it's it, good. It is, and I think, like you say, those games as well teach the kids about what it teaches them problem solving. It teaches them about personality. So if little Ricky or Tyler potentially is uh, lazing the ball really hard at the you know little girl's <laughs> head, you can probably <laughs> tell. Maybe avoid Tyler. He might have a tip or whatever it is. Yeah. So you're constantly playing those things, and you're learning about humankind, learning about people. Um, and, and I think that we've lost a lot of that, haven't yeah. we? And I think, yeah. I mean, we used to play, <laughs> and this shows how old I am, we used to play Kiss Chase and also yeah. Nicker Chase. Oh, wow. on the, I know. That's <laughs> a bit, what's so, do I want to know? What, it's just where I think you just run it's around. when you're and a you student, and, not a teacher. You yeah. catch the girls yeah. and you flick their skirt up so you can see their knickers. And the kids, girls are into that? Well, they were when I was in they didn't like have a choice, kind of year two. <laughs> oh, okay, right. <laughs> but yeah, I can't find any women that want to play it now. Um, well, no, it's that's lockdown. Uh, seriously, Wait, that is. <laughs> mate, you got to have folks to on any given Saturday. You wait till lockdown's <laughs> over. You'll be fine, mate. Everyone's going to be in a state of. Uh, oh, oh, how unprofessional. I know. <laughs> Sorry, that's my phone. Who is it? Have excited? It was just an alarm. Well, what for? Well, to come and meet you because <laughs> I'm so forgetful. <laughs> oh, bless you up. Screen time. Bless you up. I know, exactly. Uh, getting back to the point, I was making. I can't. So, Jimmy Carl, what was he saying? There was something I was going to say about. And I said one bit about what he was going to say, but I really can't remember the other bit. I keep, do you find that you keep remembering? I remember it like when you're talking, but I can't remember it afterwards. Yeah, it's, like it's <laughs> lack of focus. It's because you're trying to do three or four different things. It's COVID's <laughs> going to kill us, isn't it? I tell you. Like, honestly, like, and what I also find about COVID is inertia. So, like, they're going, you know, a lot of people have said, I think that was what he was going to say. So, a lot of people have said, like, you know, your excuses, oh, if I had more time, I'd write that screenplay, or if I had more time, I'd do my memoirs or whatever. And it's like, well, now you've got the time. Yep. But then what people are saying, and what the problem is, is, um, I'll get it in a minute, but what the problem is, is that we don't have, um, we have the time now, or maybe some of us don't, yep. but some of us do, um, but people are just struck with inertia because every day is the same. Yep. So you're like going... I'll wait, I don't know about anyone else, but I'll wake up and go, right, I'm attacking this day, this is what's going to happen. And then by about an hour, 
Yeah. I've sat down, I've started watching <laughs> the news. Sort of, oh, I'll just go back to bed and play Assassin's Creed. You know, and I, and then you don't, I mean, I do get stuff done, but I don't, I don't get as much done as my sort of mind wants to, you yeah. know. And I think that people are saying that. It's kind of, COVID has brought around, I wouldn't say I'm depressed, but I am, I'm, do you know what I mean? I'm unmotivated because there is something about, going to a place and having that stimulus and having that drive and challenge of work or whatever it is that gets you up and about and gets you doing stuff. Whereas if you're just sitting at home on yeah. your computer... Man. An unnatural lethargy. You just yeah. want to kind of go, oh, I'll put the telly on. Yeah. There's so much you could be doing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's. It, I set myself a target the other day to um, write up one of my chapters. Yeah. And I was just sitting there doing I thought, right, I'm going to set myself a timer, really, just to do an hour solid on yeah. what we were doing. I ended up rewriting the whole chapter, and it took the whole hour. But it was really good, and I felt great afterwards. Good, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of giving yourself that focus. But, you know, the amount of time I have had over the last year... Yeah. I really should have written maybe three or four books. <laughs> well, this is the problem, isn't it? But yeah, I think I think everyone's in the same boat, Phil. You know, I don't think we're we're alone. Oh, so we had a little transmission break there, didn't we, Phil? <laughs> a little bit. Y- and you told me something um, that I think could be included in your journey to well-being. Should we not? No, no, we won't. We'll leave that. We'll leave that. Um, but Phil, yeah, uh, Phil did some some yeah let's not go into it we'll we'll we'll, we'll 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 leave that for now so phil i've had a bit of a week of it mate yeah go on so sunday was my birthday that was a, that was good was Thank it you. that's you're welcome phil did a door stop drop which was um one of our little things that we like to do a night in <laughs> it was on lovely, me it was sick. <laughs> my daughter was like look at all this stuff <laughs> oh my god he's brilliant i was like yeah he's pretty good so phil brought a little bag round and dropped it on the doorstep with full of um Pork scratchings and popcorn. Yep. And I tried to go juice, as keto friendly as, yeah, as possible. You, you thought about it, which was sweet. Um, and uh, yeah, that was awesome. And like, I had a great birthday. Mum bought me a really nice pair of Beats headphones. Nice. Um, wireless. Uh, so I was buzzing about that. And um, then I had the COVID vaccine. <laughs> yeah. At 440. So there's two things that give me the ump about this, right? Um, and I'll do the first one first, which is. The first thing that that bothered me about it is that I read an article on a Facebook group where everyone was going, oh, these people are getting the vaccine and they're not even like police officers or people like that. It's really out of order. And I was like, whoa, 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 right? I got invited to have the vaccine because if they don't use it, they throw it away, Phil. Awful, yeah. Right? Yep. So it's got to be used on the day. Uh, these guys like, are out there. It's drive-through, but I, when it comes to drive-throughs, I prefer McDonald's. I'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah, to you, mate. This I'm is sure. pretty, pretty <laughs> depressing and, and horrible. But like these guys, so it was Sunday. It was snowing like a madman. Yep. It was all going off. I'm in a car park in Folkestone. Um, there's people working. They've got like little plastic bags, see-through plastic bags over iPads, and trying to do it with gloves. These old fellas. Honestly, mate, it was it was. You just felt for these volunteers who were doing it. And then um, you got people like me rocking up. And like uh, you know, I I had the vaccine. The lady goes, she was really sweet and really lovely. And they set you all up, duh, 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 get you all ready, come round to the side of the booth. She comes out, wallop, away you go. Um, so that's happened. She's gone. 
right, Oxford vaccine, this one, yep. right, which, and I said, oh, right, the best one, yeah, and she was like, well, yeah, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. and then she was like, um, you might feel a bit poorly yep. <laughs> for a day or so, so I've gone, oh, right, no problem, yeah, so it's because it's my birthday, I thought, do you know what, Phil's bought me some uh, Elvis juice. I did, yep. And my uh, mum's other half bought me a really nice bottle of white wine that I like, Um so I had a little bit of that. I had a little bit of drink as well. And I don't drink, as you know. Yep. So <laughs> I don't know whether that's not me a bit bandy <laughs> as well. But I think I'm mental. I had like a couple of drinks, literally. Woken up on Monday, mate. And honestly, Phil, like I would, like I was, death was an easier option at one point. Yep. I was literally like, this is not funny. So like, I can't explain to people, like people who've had COVID will understand what I mean. But like, and I'm not taking anything away from people who've had COVID because I dare say that's mighty worse. But I was debilitated. Like, I was lying in bed thinking, I'm going to stay in bed today because I can't actually get out of bed. I can't... I was looking at my PlayStation controller thinking, I could turn you on and play you, but I did not have the energy yep. to actually grab the controller. Yep. It was that bad. H- hunger like was horrendous. And, like, I don't know about you, but whenever I get ill or hungover or anything like that, it, um, it really does my brain in. So, like, I felt like I was, like, being pushed downwards, like in a coffin or something. Yep. It probably did my mentality. No no, no, no good at all. So, yeah, a bit of a double whammy, really, because I was um, kicked in the nuts by the vaccine. Like, it's, in, it's in, you know, it's just horrible. And then also then getting sort of criticised for uh, when you're feeling horrendous about it as well. I mean, obviously, personally, I wasn't criticised, but the whole vibe of me getting it, or someone like me getting it, was a bit like, oh, I could have done without that, Phil, a day after my birthday. Yeah, but, I bet. Um, but hey-ho. Can I know, just say, yeah. in support of you getting it, yeah. um, I think that anybody should, yeah. should get it, rather than throwing them away. Yeah. Because you're just... It, I don't... You know, yes prioritize those groups but if someone can't make it don't throw those 10 vaccines away give them to 10 people that will will need it at some point just it it makes sense to me it's a bit like you know supermarkets that have so much waste and throw it away oh it's crazy give it to the zoo give it to a local zoo and let the the animals won't mind if it's the bananas are two days out of date (laughs) would they or the sweet potatoes are wonky exactly yeah no i think it's absolute madness mate i mean yeah, I, and like I say, I got offered it because it was going to go and uh, I took it. And like I say, all I will say is be prepared, people. Especially probably the Oxford's the worst. Yeah. So is, is it because it's a live vaccine rather than the others a, a dead vaccine, a dead whatever virus inside? It sounds good to me, Phil. I'll I go think because yeah. you're the fourth, maybe fifth person that said it's not them for six. Yeah, yeah. Man, and they've all that? had the Oxford, Zeneca, AstraZeneca yeah, I mean, someone Voxel, said to me that the Pfizer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, th- someone said to me that you should have um, both now. So, like, when you go for the next one, they will probably put you in for the Pfizer if you've had the Oxford. And I was thinking, I doubt they're cross-referencing that hard. Like, yeah. they're trying to get everyone done, aren't they? I mean, yeah. I'm not bothered about who's having what. No. But um, she's, that's what I've been told because that's an easier vibe. Can I ask you a couple of questions now you've had the vaccine? Sure thing. When you blink, does it change the channel of the TV? <laughs> yeah, and also it says, <laughs> buy Microsoft products. Buy Microsoft products. Um, yeah, no. I'm not surprised you got so many laptops in front it's, of you well, at the moment. It. This is it. It's a good, it's a good thing I do. <laughs> eh? That Bill Gates, he's a wonderful guy. That's all I've got to say about Uncle it. Uncle Bill. So yeah, no, no. Everything, um, everything apart from feeling like, um, like um, I was 
Yeah. Like, yesterday and a little bit today, like, what day is it now? We're Thursday, innit? Like, yeah. And I had it Monday, I had it Sunday. I just kind of always feel a bit hungover, like, and I don't, I haven't been drinking at all this week, so apart from Sunday. So, um, so it's weird that one. So yeah, just be aware, man. Like yep. it's um, <laughs> it's not you're not you're not going into work. Like honestly, like unless. But then it says that you know maybe you won't get affected like that. But then somebody also said to me that like if you are getting affected like that, it means your immune system's kind of working. Yeah. So that's good. So yep. you know if you, nothing happens, you probably should be. Concerned. I read today about a lady who's 116, just preparing for 116. Brilliant. She's um. Sister something, oh, I should have done more research. No. Sister something in, uh, in in France, she lives in Toulon, I remember that, and she's blind. But she's just had the va- she just had COVID, survived it, mate. Brilliant. Yeah. Like Bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> God, what else she got? You know what I mean? So she's obviously done, she's one of them who's, who's done the, um, done both, done the Spanish flu and, uh, and COVID. So fair play to her. So, you know, the power of the, um, the human system, you can, you can get through anything, I guess, yeah. really, if you put your mind, to it um so yeah I, that wasn't enjoyable mate i've got to be honest but there were some positives this week yeah go on i'll go first go on um uh, well it's a mixture of positives and negatives this week but i mean i did go on the radio folkestone yeah what's it called it's called academy academy fm, FM. Wrong. Yep. Academy FM. and i actually had a really good interview i've never had before david somebody he was lovely shackle that's him do yep. you know him yeah. Oh, okay. Is it, is it an off-air one, is it? <laughs> okay. Um, well, yeah, I'll reserve judgment as to whether I liked him, but he seemed all right. No, he's an all right, he's <laughs> an all right guy. Him. He used to drum for uh, Edison Lighthouse. Okay, I'm going to pretend I know that. Love goes where my rosemary goes and nobody knows. But I like the sound of it, Phil. I mean, keep going. This yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> okay, right. Well, yeah, I mean, well, either way, he was quite upbeat and, and he, I bounced off him quite nicely. So that was good. And I was obviously I talked about the new book uh, and, and that was really positive because quite a few people tuned in, and um, including my dear mother, who was... Uh, and it was interesting because I phoned her directly afterwards because after something like that, like, you build it up in your head, like, oh, God, you know, it's fine and I've done this a million times before and it's not a problem, but if I say something really stupid, I'm going to be worried about it for the rest of the day. And so I actually went quite well and then I got off the phone and I was like, you know when you got that buzzy feeling? Yep. I phoned my mum straight away and she goes, what are you doing, love? You're still on the air. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, there's obviously a delay. So I, I, um, I, I cancelled it and she rang me back, bless her, because she didn't know what was going on. So that was nice. Um, but yeah, bad. I mean, obviously, you know, my wife is waiting to have a baby. Yep. So she's in the early part of labour, but she's been there in it for two days. And like, don't get me wrong, mate, I'm not begrudging her. Like, I'm not like, you know, oh God, Come can on you just, God, I'm so <laughs> bored waiting. But. That said, it's a difficult time because, like, no one can do anything. So you're kind of making plans. Um, and, and Well, you're not. You're kind of cancelling everything. And then um, and then nothing's happening. And she's getting frustrated because she's worried about putting everyone out and her mum out and all that. So it's a difficult time in the house, mate, really. Yeah. Everyone's a bit on edge. Um, kids don't really know whether they're coming or going, whether they're going to grandma's or whatever. So as you can probably tell when you came in, it was a bit... Um, yeah, it was a bit. It, it's 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 fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> it's just a bit iffy. What are you laughing at? I'm laughing at the fact that I've completely just not bothered about the fact that we're supposed to pretend that we're. <laughs> I was like, you're laughing at it. Yeah. Well, I noticed that we did this last week, so I thought, yeah, uh, we'll just kind of carry on. Yeah. No one's listening anyway. Mate. <laughs> no, that's true. There Someone's is that. Worry. Um. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, it's <laughs> funny. It's been a funny week. Talk to me about you, mate. What's been going on? You're good. You're uh, do you know what? Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to talk about teenagers. 
Teenage dreams, so hard to yeah. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. Um, Every time I walk down the street, yeah. Sorry. Um, Farky. <laughs> no, that's um thingy, is it? Yeah, Shergal Farky was the singer. <laughs> Burgle Sharky was it? the singer for the uh, the Undertones, wasn't it? I did not know that. Yeah, I'm sure it's wow. Shergal Farky. Shergal I say that as an Only Fools and Horses reference. Uh, I'm so crap and <laughs> culturally inept. <laughs> I apologise. Um, yeah, no teenagers. Yeah, I wanted to talk about um, just the hard time that they get at the moment. Oh yeah, you didn't send me an article about uh, yeah. this, and I was undecided. It's good that you've left it. So come on, I want to hear your theory. I think I've got this thought that every other category of human being is catered for right. during this COVID time. Okay, do you, w- go on. So everyone's looking out for the older people because it's like, you know, they might get COVID, but keep them safe, do this, do that. Yeah. Um, you've got the, the kind of the working generation. Yeah, you are being looked after by schools. My school very good. They ring up and they're asking how I'm doing this that, and the other. And then you've got the younger, the preteens, that are kind of being looked after. There's lots of BBC work for them. There's lots of school work going on. And now this is not me slating secondary schools at all because I think secondary schools are doing a great job. But outside of that, I just think teenagers have always had a hard time, and will always get a hard time until someone makes a stand okay and that man is <laughs> well i'm hoping if there's any councillors ashford borough councillors listening uh, invite me in zoom me i don't care let's have a chat about this because i've got a theory mm. teenagers get you know lumped with this kind of what, what is it what's it called like when you la- label yeah they get labeled yeah, as like you know hooded naughty mischievous you know, all these other things. Troublesome. Troublesome. And they're really not. Uh, Where I live, um, you can look out of my window and you see the, the, you know, I've got the bay window looks on a really busy road. And the school kids who are either walking up that way to Willsborough or down that way to the north or to Natch, you see them all the time. So they're there. So when I'm working on the computer, you see them walking by. Now I'm going back a few months when school was more prevalent than it is now. There was a mum... Pushing a pushchair with their little one on a scooter, walking towards the chiropodist. No chiropractors. Wasn't my wife. Yes, no, it wasn't. But <laughs> it would have been the same if it if it was, because these kids, there were about five or six teenage lads who would have been about thirty, maybe fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. They were big. They were threatening. They were burly. They were probably smelly as all teenagers are, and. And if you stereotyping them, you're supposed uh, to be sticking up for no, them. No, no, but that's, I'm kind of setting the scene. Right, and do you that. know what? They went back on themselves. They all got out of the way so this lady could make their way across to, to you know, safely. So no, nobody had to go on the road. They were even sensible that they didn't have to go on the road. So they would cause a, a car-like um, uh, obstruction. Mm. Just brilliant. And I thought, that is teenagers. They're not bad. They're not kind of naughty we just label them as and they get the media give them such a bad press but what else can they afford to do every day apart from walk the streets how much it costs to go to the cinema yeah well well that's it yeah how much it costs to go bowling yeah yeah it's 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 really expensive you know when when skylar gets to an age and she wants to meet her mates up the town 
you know, even McDonald's is a fiver. Oh, yeah. And that's just like a lunchtime thing. And yeah. they'll get kicked out of McDonald's after half an hour or whatever. God, Ashford Borough Council need to stand up and go, look, we do want a small contribution from parents with teenagers. Let's do this. But actually, we want sports centres. We want the bowling place. We want cinema people to come forward and let's get a little plan where we can get kids off the street they shouldn't be walking around the streets and doing all these things because you're they're just getting bored and i feel they get a really bad rep mm. yeah for that. yeah mate I, th- I i i think you've got some valid points i think especially in covid i think the the utes are, are suffering more than any any other group largely because they can't mentally cope with anything you know like i mean they can cope with stuff obviously but trying to you can't really explain covid very easily to like I think the, the really young like Mari's age like three year olds and stuff it's really hard to say the park's not open yep. and, and it's been cleaned again, yep. again you know and like it, it's horrible for them as well I, I yeah I make you right and I think that, you know in that article you sent me like it was it was on the big issue website yep. if anyone's interested but it sort of said that when he was 15 or she was 15 ever was uh, writing, I think it was a male, but he, you know, he was a floppy-haired bag of hormones, which I thought was quite a nice bit of writing. And yeah, I think I think the problem is, mate, they come, ac- you know, teenage kids come across as quite intimidating because they are vulnerable and they are hiding the fact that they are vulnerable and emotional and uh, are scared. And I suppose the way you, like a lot of men, you know, who don't understand their emotions, we rather, you, you, you go to anger rather than go to crying yeah. first. You know, that's a male thing sometimes to do. And I think with kids, like teenagers, they go to <coughs> sort of surly, yep. aggressive, because really, like you say, they, they don't, they, yeah, they had their board or they're um, out of kilter or they're struggling yep. emotionally. And they're forced to go into school, or they were during COVID times. It's kind of like, you know, you've got to come into school. I know some schools have closed now where, where they're doing all these other bits, but they're, they're told they have to be in school where they're mingling with 30 other friends, 20 other friends, however many, whatever size a secondary school classroom is. Yet when they go home, they can't meet their mates in the park. Yeah, that because is because they're outside. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's that it's the hypocritical thing, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's all right for education because you're learning something. We'll trap you in a classroom with thirty other people you wouldn't normally hang around <laughs> with, yeah. which have come from different households, but you can't meet your mate outside in the park yeah. after school. And you know, Quinn is twelve, and he's already talking understanding what being hypocrites about you know when people yeah, say stuff to yeah. him and then they do the opposite and it gets his goat yeah I bet, well, if yeah. you've got 13 14 15 year olds you're asking them to uh, almost do what you're telling them to do yeah. and then not have an opinion for anything else because they argue back they don't argue back they're just trying to talk they yeah teenagers don't have a voice yeah, mate. I, I, do you know what you, you've convinced me? And um, and I think, yeah, I, I think I, you could go one step further uh, and say that as much as teaching has given me a pretty nice life, and, and I've travelled a lot of the world and so on and on on it, um, it is ludicrous. Like the whole vibe is ludicrous when you yeah. when you step back and look at it. Like now, you think, well, so yeah, like you say, you're going to put thirty two kids going through puberty at various stages girls going through their periods for the first time all in a room like in a really uncomfortable situation and and put them in clothes that are incredibly inappropriate like to them and like uncomfortable and and just not 
just odd, you know, in my opinion. And and yeah, and just see how you go. And and I yeah, I find I do find the education system uh, b- bizarre in yeah. that sense. And I, I know I'm sort of biting the hand that feeds me. Um, so I hope my master doesn't get on me to do this. <laughs> but by the same token, I would have this conversation with them, you know. And I've always wanted part of my. I don't know how much you know about this sort of long-term plan it's interesting you say about mps and stuff i'd love to get into that i'd love to and i would love to create an education system that is um fitting that is the stuff they need to know like how to handle money like how to live in a flat how to fill out forms yeah yeah 100 percent. like all the stuff that you know i i don't know if i told you this story but when i first um Left, I left. Obviously, I went to university in Canterbury. I couldn't go too far because I couldn't leave my beloved mother yep. because I'm a bit of a soppy sod like That's that. That's okay, um, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so did that, and obviously everything's sort of taken care of. Then got a flat with a girl, and but actually, it was really it was my flat, and I had to deal with all the paperwork and stuff. And so I got loads of letters about the council tax. Now I was like, I ain't paying that. You know, because yeah. I was younger and, and attitude and like full of full of myself, and I was like, I'm not paying it. I said, that, there's no point. Like, I got CCJ, like, <laughs> and it was like, like it was like we are going to come around and take your stuff, mate. If yeah. you don't pay this, I was like, I said to someone, I said, what, what's this about? <laughs> like, yeah, you need to pay that. <laughs> you yeah. can't. You can't this get is not out voluntary. <laughs> yeah, and but who knows? I mean, yeah. granted, yeah, your parents should be telling you stuff like that, but uh, you know, um. Your parents, you, you never know what they're going through in their lives and stuff. So, yeah, I, I think it's a valid point. The teenagers are suffering, but they intimidate a large majority of the population. And I think you're right. That's a little bit unfounded as well, because yep. you and I work with teenagers. I think if you, I, my attitude has always been, and I, I, you're the same because I, I've worked with you, um, that, that you, you treat them on a level, you know, you, you meet them with respect. Yep. And I've... Obviously, I've had problems with kids. All the, you know, it happens. But on the whole, my behaviour management is 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 better than than most because I don't come in with an attitude of right, you know. Yeah, do <laughs> as I say. Yeah, I'm the drill sergeant around here, son. You know, and all that sort of stuff. And if you're just like right, listen, I'll, you need to do this stuff, man, to get for your exam. Yeah, like, I probably would have said man because I'm a bit yeah. cringy. But you're gonna get in trouble. <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble. Yeah. Just do it. You Let's know, just, just, just swallow it hard and yeah, do it. Yeah, and I think I think. <laughs> It's it's yeah, it's the way you are. It's put, it's been personable, but it is hard, mate. I mean, I remember being a teenager and wandering the streets and wanting to smoke, drink, and chat to girls. That's yeah. what I wanted to do. Um, so would I have been interested in in discounts at the cinema? I don't know. I was I was I grew up too quick, really. I think on the whole, it's a good idea, and I think. Um, yeah, I think we should be doing more. What about all the empty shops there up the town? Council move in, start up coffee shops for teenagers. Pool tables and stuff. Yeah, yeah like just like the old. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. You know, don't don't make it an extortionate price for a latte. Make it fifty p. Yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. Get them in there. Get them. At least they're going to be safe. You know, you you're gonna you're gonna save more than you spend surely, and you're gonna have an education. You. You can almost turn it into like an after-school homework area. Yeah. Yeah. Fit it with laptop um, Wi-Fi points. I don't need to do just Wi-Fi. Just connect to the Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean, yeah. though? But just but yeah, let them awesome. let them drink a coffee. Let them chill out. Let them have these spaces. This is our generation. These are the people yeah. that are going to be keeping us soon. They will, and I think that I, I, yeah, I totally agree. And I think that you've got to look at the youth when it comes to answers to questions. And and I've always felt that when I've wanted 
honest answers to things or I want a fresh perspective, I talk to the youth. Do you know what I mean? Hundred yeah, percent. Because you, you get it straight and, and they normally have they're not cynical and yeah. bitter and like yeah. have you know gone oh well don't bother trying to do a podcast lads what's the bloody point you're going to get your mum listening <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like whereas with the kid I'm like yeah that'd be will you enjoy it then, then do it yeah like, okay cool yeah that's how you should be looking at stuff really rather than any other way so yeah and no, i think that's why we bond quite a lot because we're similar in outlook i think and um i would far rather seek advice from a youngster than I would an older person. I mean, that's a bold, you know, big statement. But on the whole, I would, just because I think that you learn a lot from kids. Yeah, which brings me on to, um, I cross paths with online with an old pupil of mine. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I sent you the link yeah. from Spotify. You didn't. Did I not? No, because you was like, who's this geezer? And then I Googled it and I couldn't find him. So uh, I gave up. I, I will yeah. send you the link. Yeah, do, yeah. Um, and I think his I think his name is Voidy or Voldy oh, or so. I'm yeah, not sure. I yeah. but I know him as Lloyd because I I taught him Little Lloyd. Um, yeah, and he was just he was adorable then, and I'm sure he's adorable now, and I'm sure he's gonna hate me for saying that. Yeah. Um, but I was able to just I messaged because I know his parents really well, um, and and I messaged mum and just like I hope I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're all staying safe. Um, I want to bombard Jeff's the husband. I want to bombard Jeff with some some electrical ideas that I've got for a, a future project um, at some point, and and tell me more about Lloyd. You know, how's he going? She she's like, oh, he's doing this, he's doing that, and I thought, oh well, I'll give him a listen because you know we've got yeah. like three listeners. We might be able to help him out a little bit. He has like twenty thousand listeners a week. Does he? Yeah, on Spotify. I was Does like, really? geez, that's really good. That's all not quite Dua Lipa, but. It's, it's up there. Hey, and that's great. He's and I listen to the songs. Yeah. yeah, I listen to the songs and I loved it. What sort of vibe is it? It's a very kind of chilled... Um, uh, see, I'm awful. If it's like not rock, I get... Yeah, the, yeah, there's a bit of rap. There's a bit of singing MC, in there. Yeah. It's, yeah, and oh, it's sweet, man. I want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. And it is good. really good. Really good. And I was just like, that's, you know, his parents must be really proud. He's yeah. doing really well. Uh, and... Th- his dreams could so easily have been squashed, but he's one of the people, one of these teenagers that someone said, if you want to go and write music, go and do it. Yeah. I'll show you how to do it. You need one of these, you need this, you need this. But more importantly, you need to be able to write lyrics. You need to be able to sing a song. You need to be able to drop a beat. You need to be able to put stuff together, but I can show you how to do that. And somewhere, someone in Lloyd's life has made such a difference yeah. that he's there with who he's doing. It. And I'm not saying it's not 99% him being like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. But someone along the way has been that influence in his life to go, yeah, you can do it. A bit like you with the whole story writing. I've been like, yeah, I've been, I've been writing a story for five years, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And then I've met you and you've gone, right, you're doing this, well, you are, get yeah. it done by this, this is what you're going to do, this is how you're going to do it. And everything seems to be cascading to me and I'm like, yes, I'm on my way, I'm on my way. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good, man. And I think, I think, yeah, I think that's a valid point and I think as parents we need to heed that warning that... I uh, I'm not bitter, but I am I am s- not sad. I am I'm just a little bit uh, miffed that I didn't start my thing younger. Yep. And I think as parents, it's so important um, to, like you say, if 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 your kid wants to do that thing, that creative thing, let them do it, man. Absolutely. What, what are we saying to our children? Are we saying to them? Because what? My generation, I'm sure you had the. I don't, I don't know if you had the same thing, but mine was like, you need to 
go out and get a job and earn that money. And essentially, my parents' generation, the boomers, would happily do a job for their life and be unhappy in that job. Yep. Rather than, I think, nowadays, where we've got kids who are can make money from the internet they can make money from creativity and they can do all that stuff and i think that you have to encourage that because if what was happening to me now had happened to me when i was 25 i might have been able to make a career out of it i might have made enough money from writing and music yeah and now i'm 40 and i'm nearly you know what i mean i've got four kids so like it's a bit like I still fine, and I can still do it, yeah. and we can still do it, and that's fine. But I wish I had but that you, time. But you've given yourself a twenty-year stepping stone, haven't you? Really, have. if you'd done it at twenty, things would have been so different. And that's no, that's not a criticism of my parents or anything like that. They can only you can only do as parents with what you're given. You know, you can only say what you you think is the right thing. But I just think it's so important to you know to allow creativity and to allow. Um, you know, and, and happiness. And I think that, you know, I, I heard this story uh, that I can't remember who told me now, but basically it was a man and a woman and they got married and the man wanted to be a writer, right? And so every day, because the wife wanted to be a lawyer, so the wife trained to be a lawyer, did the lawyer thing. The man stood, at the, he sat at the kitchen table, wife went off to do her job every day and he wrote every day, right? So this is from the age of like 22, 23. 55, he gets his first thing published. Yep. But he'd done it every day. And because he had the right person there who was supporting him and doing it, you know, and without getting too deep and meaningful, one of the reasons why my original, like my first uh, marriage kind of broke down was because my ex-wife's, you know, when I was playing music and starting, I was probably dreadful because uh, you always are when yep. you start. Yep. Um, and I was writing stuff. She was going, you need to stop this. You're not going to, you're not going to do anything with it. And I was yep. like, what like yep. and it was just like a dagger you know and she i think her words were you're a teacher chef just you know and it was like oh my god you're my soulmate man yeah you're not anymore absolutely <laughs> yeah. absolutely so yeah you sound like you've got a similar yeah <laughs> i mean pretty much exactly the same you know it was only ever seen as a hobby now i i'm not anywhere near a, a great guitarist but oh I you can are hold mate. a tune i can you hold a tune skill, and and i've been in bands and <laughs> things like that um, and I, when I was kind of 16, 17, I was in my first band. And yeah. we, I claim, my claim to fame is whichever pub we played in, that pub closed. So oh we, really? we played the Colt at Kennington, closed. We played the castle in the town, closed. Oh, mate. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, we, we weren't invited into any other pubs. But I've done kind of wedding bands and, and things yeah. like that since. Um, and loved it, but it, you know, I was I was told that it's only ever a hobby. You know, it's only mm -hmm. kind of, you know, a bit a bit of extra cash on the side or whatever, and and that's a shame. It is a shame. Um, yeah. Not that I think I would have ever made it big, but to have ambitions to write your own. So I've been writing music since I was well, since I picked up a guitar, and in fact, when I record, um, or when we do the Zoom with Dean. I'm hoping he's going to do a rendition of the first song we ever wrote. Oh, nice. That was my first song, Dreamboat Island. I think I have played yes, it Yes, you have. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to yeah. get Dean to sing it. I think Sweet my mum found the lyrics for it about six months ago. The yeah. original penned lyrics. I look forward to that. It's yeah. an audience of one. I yeah. like that, yeah. man. That's sick. <laughs> That's sick. I mean, yeah, I think, the think nowadays with the kids, like, you know... And, and something that we can do as well. Like, you have to monetize everything on the internet. And, like, I think, you know, obviously now with lockdown, the days are sort of getting 150 quid for pa playing, you know, the pubs. It, it is, and you could make it, you 
you can make a very meagre living out of it, couldn't you? But I think realistically, you need to. Yeah, I get the whole hobby thing, but like, I don't know. It's whether you work to live or live to work, isn't it? And I yep. think um, it's nice to it's nice to allow the dreams, and it's nice to let people have that. And you know, there'll probably be people listening going, "Well, you know, how are you going to pay the rent?" Well. When you start your life, you can start it how you want. You don't have to earn fifty thousand pounds a year to like have a an enjoyable life, do yep. you? Like it's not you can you can you can earn whatever and you know, and like if you're a parent and you wanna say to a child, you know, right, we'll stay here until you're twenty two, twenty three, whatever and give it a go. Start your thing. Do what you need to do. Like we're not gonna charge you anything. I want you to be happy <laughs> rather yeah. than go and work in a job you hate yeah. and have money to live in a flat and then what have 250 300 pound left over for the month and that's your life like yep. till you die what yeah like, it's insane how you like going to get a degree is seen as like the be all and end all whereas if you said to a child if you want to make music you've got three years you can live here rent free work part-time somewhere do something so you've got a little bit of money for yourself yeah. but write music Work out what you need. Do this. Do that. Really get into it. Really challenge yourself. Use those three years. At the end of three years, you know you might you're going to have a catalogue of of songs that you've done. You might have a bit of a following. You might have been you got your band sorted. You've got you know you might be able to make something out of it. Yeah. And you won't have the thirty thousand debt that you would have had had you been at uni. <sighs> Tell me about that. I mean, you so know, I was very lucky. I got mine written off because I went into teaching. And I also got a four thousand pound golden hello. God knows where that went. But I mean, you know, <laughs> I, had, I had a result, but not everyone did, like you say. And like my wife's still paying hers off. Uh, a student. And it, it, the only real thing that I learned from university was to party mate yeah <laughs> had a great time and there's a book that i've written this up on that shelf actually which is essentially all my um all my university shenanigans it was when i was i just <laughs> had no idea how to write books and it was like i was gonna write down all this cool stuff i did and um yeah yeah never got published yeah <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but people enjoyed it they were like bloody hell so yeah no i mean yeah it's an interesting thing we need to um I think we need to encourage the dreamers. I think, we, you know, nowadays, and, and like I say, I've said to you before, man, like after COVID, there's going to be a boom time. It won't be immediate, but I think 2003, 2024 will be boom time and then it will be startup city. So, you know, Quinn and people like that, they've got ideas. Get them going. Get them flying. Do you know what? I've I've written a song. It's a bit ro- bit more of a rocky song, as in not, the, not the boxer, but more heavy. Yeah. Um, and and I want Quinn to do a music video for it, but like um, like Lego figures, oh, nice. like stop start animation type thing. So yeah, uh, that, man, I'm fair play to him. We're we're doing he it. yeah, he's got the patience to Let's sit see. there and do it. So we're gonna see if he can do that and put a video to it. I thought that'd be quite that'd cool. That'd be very cool, mate. That'd be <laughs> very cool if you get that right. That'd be pucker. Um, yeah, that's an interesting chat, bro. I like that. I think you're right about teenagers. I think. I've got to say, mate, that in our future, I do see us doing something a bit more in the community. Yep, me too. Like, realistically. Love that. Well, I I don't want to say that anyone's inefficient, but you do look around and go, really? Like, you know my thing with, so if anyone doesn't know, I try to get uh, cycle lanes and stuff put in on our road because the road surface is terrible for cyclists. Essentially, all the cyclists cycle on the pavement, which is treacherous because, like, where you live, I live, and just up by the cricket club there. I measured that (laughs) because I'm like that. And it's about five foot, like, literally, there's no space. No. 
I mean, even a mum with a pushchair oh, and a baby, yeah. like a toddler, you wouldn't. It's it's, re- it's and it's a busy road, mate. If you're that bit, you know, just by the. Um, this is great for our listeners who are not from Ashford. Yeah, but we're on Hyde <laughs> Road at the moment. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, all those. But if you think like just where that where Will's so by the barbers now and that little section there yeah and even outside my bit there if you are if you're if yeah so let's say we're three abreast you meet tenacia she's pushing the push chair i'm on the edge or you're on the edge there are i'm telling you now there you know as well as i do there are trucks coming down there 34 miles you're that that far away from them yeah honestly man so yeah it's treacherous but the council can't do anything because they've spent all their budgets on other things i'm like so what how does this get worked out because this is dangerous they said no one dies there that's down right that's exactly it because my dad has petitioned for crossings and speed bumps and all sorts of things because that road there 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 aren't many cars that do thirty miles an hour down that no. road and the traffic when the motorway shuts the lorries come down all day all night rather yeah. um so yeah it gets my dad a little bit yeah um but yeah and my advice if and I don't know how you would be with with Skylar but if Quinn came over and he went out on his bike I would tell him to ride on the path because mm. it's oh, just yeah. too dangerous on the road. Yeah. And then he'd be out and he'd get moaned at for someone. I mean, he'd I be, would. He'd well, I wouldn't be, moan at a kid, but yeah, yeah. He yeah. would be respectful and he'd stop and he wouldn't try and barge past. But I know for a fact that he would he would have been moaned at for it. It's kind he, of. It, it's a really difficult thing because I would. Do you know what? It's interesting because Scott, yeah, I totally agree. I make Scott cycle on the path. Yep. 100%. She hasn't got cycling proficiency yet. Uh, she must. Well, she should have done that, I suppose, in year six. Is that what well, you yeah, did? Yeah, it is. But, yeah, well, COVID might have put a stop to that. So we are, yeah, so anyway, yeah. So because she hasn't got that, but even then, the high road is too risky. So I understand why people do cycle on the pavement. It's, um, it, yeah, to catch 22. But I have said to people who are at grown adults with helmets on, who are basically, it's this woman, right? She was ringing her bell behind me and Tamisha the other day because we were walking on the pavement and she was coming through. She rang it and I thought, I'm going to tactically ignore her. And then she did it again. And I was like, You are having a laugh. Like, I'm not on your road. Like, you are yep. on the pavement. And I turned around and said, Hello. I just wanted you to know because you might not be aware that it is actually illegal to cycle on the pavement. And she went, Oh, you think you're very clever, don't you? <laughs> and I went, <laughs> And then she cycled off. And I was like, Not really. No. Like, I'm just, I just know. Oh yeah, it's no win situation. It's a bit of a, it's it's a it's a tough one, but we need to make a difference, Bill. Yeah, that's the absolutely. Sure it, I mean, there are you know credit where credit's due. There are cycle paths you can get pretty much from one side of Ashford to the other side of Ashford on cycle paths. Yeah, you do have to come off them occasionally. For example, you'd have to go down Hythe Road to the Tesco Express, and that's where the cycle paths begin. You can join there to get over to Singleton Lake really easily. Uh, you got across a couple of roads, but that's yeah. you expect that. Um, but so much more could be done. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You can get down, yeah, Singleton, and then you go up, up. You can go up that hill, which is still cycle lane, and then you're out into the, the lanes, which is lovely. Yeah, like I did that in, in the summer last year. The problem with the cycle lanes, I, I, I mean, yeah, I spoke to a copper about this, and he said that you know the same sort of thing, which is that um, the cycle lanes. Uh, pedestrians don't use them properly, so they don't understand and they yep. think they've got right of way, which means that you you can find yourself in sticky on a sticky wicket. But it is better than nothing, like you say, and it's certainly better than dual carriageways, which yep. which are not not ideal. But once again, if you know the markings on the because the the red cycle lane and the kind of grey walk lane do tend to 
merge a little bit. You know, yeah. you can't really tell the colours. So, but once again, that comes down to the council. How, yeah. you know, once uh, once every six months, send a troop of road marking people to go out and redo the bike signs, and don't do them every four miles. Do them every hundred meters. So yeah. people, because I've got down a path, and I'm thinking, oh, which side am I on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you do get to it, it's like a couple of doubles of old white paint on there, and you couldn't tell if it's a bike or someone walking anyway. So yeah, it's just a bit more of a sort of. Mm. Get yourself into gear. I mean, yeah, no, I agree with you. I, feel, I sense your frustration. You're a bit like, yeah, these kids need something to do. It just needs to be better. And I mean, I suppose, you know, we are lucky that we've got the cycle lanes because a lot of towns don't. Yeah. You know. But um, but if you're going to do it, do it properly. Eh? Yeah. And that's the way. Yeah. That's the way. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk briefly about this book, mate, which yes. um, I've started reading, not very well, but I have started it. And um, it, it it's called Why We Eat Too Much. And. Uh, so far, it's been very interesting, um, in the sense that, but it's quite highbrow. But it's like interesting in the sense that what it sort of says is, it's not really our fault. <laughs> it's never my fault. <laughs> no. I'm never in control of what I eat. It's not. It's not you going to the fridge <laughs> late at night and and eating. No, but what what basically he makes some very interesting points about. Um, so let's think of a good example. So African Americans are amongst the fattest in America. So he says that 57% of uh, uh, African-American women are obese, right? And the reason for this is largely due to natural selection, genetics, and all that sort of stuff. So if you imagine a large amount of African-Americans came to America via slave ships, um, and due to the conditions that they were in, uh, they would have to have certain amounts of fat stores, etc., to survive. So you need to have some fat. Selected and all that. Dreadful, obviously. But then once you get there and you're working, you are surviving on God. Who knows? A bit bowl of rice a day, yeah. maybe a few, maybe a yeah. couple. I don't know, but really, but our Western diet and even the things that we consider to be healthy are essentially processed. So if we go and get a healthy packaged meal from Marks and Spencer's Food Hall or whatever, it is still kind of processed food that's yeah. not natural. And I think basically what he's going to get onto is that we're going to have to start if you want to really control your diet eat things that aren't like more out of the ground and stuff but i'll get to that bit but like ultimately our western fast food culture our bodies haven't caught up with it so um we're getting obese because yep. we're eating this stuff and for thousands of years we're not used to it which is really really interesting he talks as well about a cows cows in india like if you go to india and you look you see the cows because they're sacred so um like they they don't move them on so they're always in the road so if a cow comes in the road the cars stop yeah <laughs> it's brilliant but um but yeah the cows out there are skinny and, and they look kind of emaciated but he's saying no that's really how they should look it's only because we are used to seeing cows looking all fat because over here they're fed fatty corn sort of greasy stuff that's that's designed to fatten them up because we slaughter them but actually naturally you know, in India, for instance, they, they, they survive on what they survive on because of their, their diet and culture. So, cut a long story short, it's not our fault. 
let's just crack on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to sort of talk about it weekly because I think it, it will sort of give us insights into into what's been going, uh, yeah, what we need to do, and um, and ultimately, you know, you can't. We're trying to make a quick fix. Like this is another thing. People put so much pressure on themselves. January first. Right, by February half term, I'm going to have a six pack. I'm going to yep. be on a cover of Men's Health. <laughs> I'm going to be, do you know what I mean? Like, you yep. know, and like, well, you're talking about a month and a half. You've been chubby all your life. I'm talking about myself here, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, like, but it, 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 it's a lot of people exactly. that are the same. You know, yep. you've been chubby all your life, you've been battling weight, and you're actually really fighting a thousand years or whatever it is of genetic pre, you know, predisposition yep. because our, our forefathers, you know, Phil, Phil Henry eight times down the line wasn't eating McDonald's yep. or fish and chips or whatever. He was probably eating, I don't know, potatoes or like yep. something much more. Um, the funny thing is I had this chat with my parents earlier this week. Um, we were sitting there eating dinner and my dad has taken to making his own bread. Yeah, nice. And I was like, fantastic. And then we spoke about the whole weight thing and I was like, you know, post World War Two, there wasn't as much of a weight issue as there is now. Yes, KFC, McDonald's, Burger King, all that stuff's come in, but you know, you survived on what was there. So it was yeah. potato, yeah. meat, and two veg. And now we don't have that. You get like a big pizza, or you get burgers and buns and bread and pasta and all these high carb things. Whereas it wasn't like that. Back Even in the day. Back in the day. So my parents, really, my parents still don't like McDonald's um, because yeah, it, my dad says it doesn't have a knife and fork. That's, that's one of his things. He's like, yeah. well, where's the knife and fork? He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Um, give me in a bag and I'm eating in. That's like, yeah, it still happens. You've been shut so for two days. Do you know that? What, McDonald's? In Ashford, yeah. The oh, Orbital Park, they had a fire. That's, that's got to be a good sign that I didn't know that, <laughs> yeah, isn't I say, <laughs> I've been waiting for you to open, but I'd be like that. <laughs> Come on. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll drove past this day with a white arm. <laughs> yeah, no, I had a fire. But yeah, no, your, your dad's not wrong. I mean, it's it's. Um, I think that's a, yeah, that's like a maybe a generational thing, isn't yeah. it? They like a yeah. So, and I was like, actually, that could be a bit of a thing. If you want to lose weight, go back to the kind of 40s, 50s, mm. 60s style of eating when it was, you didn't have things like even chocolate bars. You go and buy like a 10-pack of snack-sized chocolate bars and you put them in your cupboard and you buy them on the Monday. By the Wednesday, they've gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just like, they, it wasn't about, you know, they didn't have sweets. I mean, my mum and dad were talking about not even having crisps when they were younger. Yeah. And then we watched The Chase or one of those sorts of things while dinner was on. And they were asking when salt and vinegar crisps were invented. Was it eight or not in, like introduced? Was it 1874, 1952 or 1974 or 1960 or whatever it was? And I and I went kind of early, and my parents were both like, oh, no, I remember going to the pub and salt and vinegar being a thing. So we were definitely born, so it was post-1952. I was just like, that's crazy. Salt and vinegar crisp been around since Jesus, surely. Yeah, well, well, that's insane, isn't it? It so, is, yeah. yeah. I think that's interesting, isn't it? I think it's going to be hard, mate. I think culturally we are now, if you go into co-op, let's say, you know, down, down there just to get something from food tonight, you are bombarded with cheap chocolate snacks etc yep. like you've just said and until there is a cultural shift people like us are, are naturally going to struggle there is obviously the argument that you know you don't need to buy that sort of stuff but it's very hard and this is the same problem with alcohol that we've discussed many times that when it's constantly in your face 
it's in your face for a reason because they know that you will eventually succumb and buy it. Yeah, <laughs> like yep. you, you know, and you know, he, his point, and, he, and obviously it's annoying. So I haven't got to the end. So he's obviously going to have a resolution, but at the moment I haven't got to the resolution. But what he's saying is, you can lose, you could lose five stone, right? He's saying you are going to put that back on. Yeah, if you carry on dieting and then. You said this recently about a mate. Yep. Was, like if you if you're dieting and then doing it that way, the way they say to, for you to do it, because ultimately the powers that be don't want you to be skinny. They want you yeah. to be feeding the consumer machine. So you keep on losing weight, getting all buzzy and up, and getting fat again. So there's got to be a bigger fix, which I'll tell yep. you about once I've yep. learned it. I can't <laughs> wait. But um, but it is it is it is interesting. We've got you know we've governments. Westernized, like sort of culture and philosophy, consumerism has so much to answer for. And I think that, you know, if not our children, our children's children will hopefully look back at this time from probably the 90s to hopefully 2020 and, and sort of go, God, what a bad time. Like, yep. Facebook, social media, fat shaming, trolling, bullying, um, Instagram, and and the constant pressure to buy crap you don't need that doesn't make you whole. It doesn't yep. make you, doesn't fulfill your soul. It doesn't do anything, you know. Like, you know, and on that, like, I think because we are sort of coming to a natural conclusion, you wrote something in your card to me that was just like, you know, you're the reason, like, thanks for being the reason that uh, my lips curl upwards or something like that. And you just think, you know, like a couple of words or a couple of lines and the doorstep drops and these little things that people are doing for each other in lockdown, I think is going to be the way forward, Phil, you know? Yep. And I, as much as I am an anti, you know, I hate the idea of Brexit. I hate the idea of this kind of... Oh God! This sort of little Eng little Britain attitude about the world and how we've got to shut everyone out. I don't like any of that, but I do like the idea of localizing um, the way we live. So I yep. like the idea of getting all your food locally. I like the idea of going to the local butchers. You know, yep. I like the idea of going to the local yeah, you know, and all of that stuff. Rather than flying in apples from South Africa when they're growing on the trees down in yep. Appledore, you know. Yeah. I once got in trouble when I worked in a supermarket. Um, I had a customer come in and this lady really gave me a hard time because there were no English apples and they were all South African or they were French or they were this or they were that and I was like we have got English no you haven't got I was like yeah we have they're there and so she went oh well I'll have those then she bought them but they were cooking apples oh, no. so, yeah <laughs> I knew they were cooking apples I just hadn't kind of <laughs> you're just gonna make your point now, right? still yeah. English still yeah. English they were English oh, Bramley man. apples well, listen, um, man, that's been fun. Do we need to, do you, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think we'll... Uh, we'll, we'll close. Are we going to yeah. close with a track? Uh, yeah, why not? Okay. I don't know what yet. Let's have a little think, shall we? Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. It's been very cathartic for me tonight. It's been a tricky week. And, um, yeah, uh, go in peace. The lockdown... I mean, that's another thing, man. Like, before I go, like <laughs> wait a minute. There you sorry, go. Hang on, yeah. turn that volume back up. We're gonna talk about this. So, we're good. next week we're gonna talk about will lockdown ever end? Oh, uh, yeah. Because I don't know about you, and the way they sort of insipidly drip information through to you, and at the moment, the the bits that I'm getting from various places is that. It's not going to end soon, mate. Yeah. It's not coming. It's not going no. this year and stuff like that. And I'm there's like, hang on, when's that coming? Yeah, from? there's like, a February date. There's a March date. There's a May date. There's kind of people are saying, uh, well, I'm getting nah summer, like not even summer. Really, like, it's all gone. Yeah, like, and I'm thinking, really, like, because 
think it's because my mother-in-law, she works in a doctor's surgery, so they get a bit of inside info, and they're sort of saying, don't book your holidays, don't do anything like that. Uh, yeah, I've seen a lot there. of that, don't book your holidays. So I don't know, did you see Matt Hancock, he's well funny, so he was going, don't book your holidays, don't book your holidays, and I went, but you booked your holiday, he goes, yeah, I booked my holiday, and he has. He's gone, I got a proper cheat, because <laughs> yeah, no one else yeah. is booking. Exactly, he's going to Cornwall, so, um, <laughs> oh bless him. Right, it's been emotional, thanks very much, yeah. man. See you later. Bye. Bye. Yeah, baby. So, because we're missing hot weather and summer, this is going to be our little track, isn't it? You ready? Right. Right, let's try that again, shall we? When you're seated there in your silk poster chair Talking to some rich folk that you know Well, I hope you won't see me In my ragged company Cause you know I could never be alone Take me down, little Susie, take me down You can send me dead flowers every morning. Send me dead flowers by the mail. Send me dead flowers to my wedding. And I won't forget to put roses on your. You're sitting back in your rose pink Cadillac, making bets on Kentucky Derby Day. Hope in my basement room with a needle and a spoon, and another girl to take my pain away. Take me down, little Susie, take me down. I know you think you're the queen of the underground. And you can send me dead flowers every morning. Send me dead flowers by the Send me dead flowers to my wedding And I won't forget to put roses on your grave Take me down, little Susie, take me down I know you think you're the queen of the underground you can send me dead flowers every morning. Send me dead flowers by the U.S. mail. 
Say it with that flower.